welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. What I really feel to, to share about is my favorite, or pretty much my favorite Bible verse of all time, which is Ephesians 2, chapter 2, sorry, verse 10. And I just wanted to unpack that this morning uh, because it is just so good. And if we really have the revelation of the truth of this verse, um, not just in here, but in our hearts, I really do believe it will change our lives. So I'm going to start reading from Ephesians 2 verse 1 and all of my uh, Bible readings this morning will be coming to you from the New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take any credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Here's the verse. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I just love that verse. And I really want us all to personalize it uh, today, how it says we are God's masterpiece. Let's make it personal. So I want to say that again. For I am God's masterpiece. He has created me and you in Christ Jesus so that I can do the good things he planned for me long ago. So just going to unpack this and I really uh, am believing that you are going to be blessed. So the first one is I am God's masterpiece. Other translations say uh, workmanship. It's actually uh, the original Greek word actually um, brought forth the idea of a poem or the best work of a master craftsman. And I really love that masterpiece, the very best work of a master craftsman. And that's what God thinks about you when he looks at you. And I know a lot of us don't feel at all like a masterpiece, uh, especially when we wake up in the morning. But we, we are. God looks at us and we are the very best thing he has created. And uh, it sort of talks about that more in Psalm 139, verse 13 to 18. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. For you crafty people out there, God is into knitting. <laughs> Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I've been married to my wife, Christy, for like 25 years, and I still can't work out 
her, her mind, how she thinks. It's just an absolute mystery. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, some of us may think we were accidents, or some of us may have been told we weren't even meant to be born or we weren't wanted. I want to say something that is so true this morning. God wanted you to be born. God wanted you to be alive for this time. Um, and, and he doesn't do that on accident. You were pre-planned by God. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God can't keep you off his mind. He is thinking about you all the time. That's how crazy he is about you. I am God's masterpiece. I was looking up a few websites on the world's most expensive works of art yesterday. Um, one of them is called Number Five, uh, painted in 1948 by Jackson Pollock. It was sold recently for $140 million. And honestly, it just looks like someone has thrown some paint cans onto a canvas. Uh, but it is worth that much. You may not feel like you're a masterpiece. Uh, you may look like someone's thrown a whole lot of paint on a canvas, but God thinks that you are incredible. The most expensive painting, however, was Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi, um, Salvatore Mundi painting, and it was sold in 2017 for 475 million United States dollars, nearly half a billion dollars. The artist makes the artwork valuable now i could paint something and it's like i couldn't give it away you know because who am i as an artist but because leonardo da vinci painted that it's worth it's priceless 475 million dollars and this is the truth you have been painted by god not just some great artist here on earth like leonardo you've been you've been made by god that makes you infinitely valuable and infinitely precious you really are god's masterpiece and i think with this we've really got to truly learn to love ourselves before we can truly love others we've got to learn to love ourselves and i know that may be uh difficult for some of us but you need to learn to love the way you are the way god made you um, and when we can do that then we can truly love others so you are god's masterpiece the second part god has created me anew or new again, or renewed. I love that word. Renewed would be a good name for a church, actually. God has created me anew. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 onwards, it says, Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. A new in Christ Jesus. It's an immediate change and it's a continual process. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. I'm going to be talking about that at the end. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him.
For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And that's every pastor's uh, plead as well. We, we, we plead people, come back to God. Give your life to Jesus. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Only one person has the ability and has the power to make us born again, make us right again, uh, renew us, and that's Jesus. I am God's masterpiece. He has created me new again in Christ Jesus. Note that it doesn't say new again in good works or a new and clever psychology or new and holistic discipline or new and self-made righteousness. Note that it doesn't say a new and essential oils. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> it says new in Christ Jesus. Only in Jesus. In Acts, 2, Acts 4 verse 12 it says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. In John 14, 6, this is what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, all of us as human beings, we were born in sin. And we have sin, the sin nature in us. But what happens is when we give our lives to Jesus, we are no longer in sin and sin is no longer in us. It says that we are now in Jesus and Jesus comes to live in us. So we can be absolutely secure in the hope and our identity that we're in Jesus, that we're sons and daughters of God and nothing will ever shake that um, apart. So I love that, the security in being born again in Jesus. I am God's masterpiece. God has created me new again in Christ Jesus so that I can do good things. You can do it. The dictionary um, definition of can is to be able to, to have the ability and the power and the skill or to have the qualifications to do it. So you can do good things. You've got the skill to do it. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26 onwards says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose the despised things Things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. Other Bible transla translations say um, people that think they are nobodies. And use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Verse 30, God has united you with Christ Jesus. God made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He has freed us from sin. You can do 
the good things that God has planned for you. You have got the skill and the ability and the qualifications to be able to do it. But you may be saying, well, Simon, I've got a whole lot of issues. Or I have a whole lot of issues too. But God uses the despised things of the world to shame those things that the world considers wise. Because we've got Jesus in us now. And Jesus is the hope and the answer to this whole world. You can do it. You can change the world in Jesus. I am God's masterpiece. God has created me new again in Christ Jesus so that I can do the good things he planned for me long ago. They say, well, they reckon that the two of the greatest needs or the two greatest needs of humanity, the first one is that we are loved. We, we need to be loved by someone and that we have a purpose. And, and both of those things are totally fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus loves us so much and we have a purpose. We have a destiny in him. And Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And Ephesians 1 chapter 4 and 5, I love this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Now, there's been a debate raging since pretty much the birth of the church, and it's this. Is it predestination or is it free will? Did God predestine us or do we have a choice? And I'm simple-minded enough to be able to say, I reckon it is absolutely both. God did predestine us, as we see in this verse, but he also gave us free will. Now, I, I should have um, grabbed a whiteboard marker before I started this message, but if you look at a whiteboard marker on its end, it looks like a circle. So people could say, well, a whiteboard marker, it's the shape of a circle. But if you look at it lengthwise, it's the shape of a rectangle. So people could look at it um, and say, well, a whiteboard marker is the shape of a rectangle. But the truth is, it is both. And I believe uh, with this predestination versus free will, it is both. Now, some things about God will, will always be a mystery. But I really do believe that we just need to have a faith like a child. Yes, we are predestined. And yes, we have a choice. Yes, we've been predestined. But yes, we also have free will. And uh, I am, I guess I'm, I have a childlike faith enough just to believe that's the way it is. I don't get hung up on that. And I don't think anyone else should as well. He planned this for us long ago. I love this verse. I am God's masterpiece. God has created me anew in Christ Jesus so that I can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, the bottom line of this is simply this. We have work to do. Yes, we know that we are masterpieces. God has made us and we're now brand new in Jesus, but he's got work for us to do going and making disciples, being carriers of truth. Like the verse said at the start, reconciling people back to God. Uh, back in the 
early 2000s, there was a band I used to love called Audio Adrenaline, and um, they they sung a song called I Want to Be Your Hands, I Want to Be Your Feet, I'll Go Where You Send Me. I'll go where you send me. I really do think there needs to be a sense of mission and a sense of urgency come back to the church. Uh, remember what we were like when we were young adults. Uh, we were so passionate for God and, and we just gave everything to the mission. And then we, we grow up and we have kids and we get a mortgage. And um, sometimes I think we've really got to have a wake-up call and get back to that sense of mission and purpose and urgency, that first love we had. So in conclusion, if we really do get the revelation of this verse that that we are masterpieces, that we've been created brand new in Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us, if we get that into our spirit, it really will change the way we live. Why is that? Because that verse contains a whole lot of truth. I am precious to God. He doesn't make junk. I have value. I have a Father in heaven. I have been made brand new in Jesus. All my shame, all my sin, all my regret, all my pain has been washed away. I now have dignity. I am secure in Jesus. I am a child of God. I have purpose. I have a destiny. I have a responsibility. And I have work to do. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.